Good evening. Welcome back to the Year of Fear. I'm Jeff. We're doing July. No, we're doing June. Sorry, I'm a little bit uh, scatterbrained. I just got off work. It's raining outside. It's feeling miserable. But I am indebted to doing my job to finishing out the month and the year of the Year of Fear. So we're finishing up Bloomhouse Month of June, and we're finishing up with The Black Phone, uh, Scott Derrickson film. Scott Derrickson, if you guys don't know, he did the first Doctor Strange movie, which I freaking love. But he comes from a horror background. He did the um, the Lights Out movie, which is uh, based on a short on YouTube. It's a really good film. If you guys haven't checked it out, like the uh, the film sort of outdid the short, which I, and the short is scary as hell. But uh, if you get a chance, look up Lights Out short on YouTube. You won't be disappointed. So we're doing the Black Phone. Uh, not much more to say. Uh, except I am lining up my times right now. So I'm at one second. And um, as always, guys, when I go on break, I'll let you guys know. Bring back a timestamp. And um, so let's finish up Bloomhouse, shall we? With the Black Phone 2022. In three, two, one. Press play. Good old Universal Studios, still kicking. I mean, they did, they did Fast 10 recently. Not exactly their finest moment. Sorry about that, I had a little pause. I made sure I, bring, I brought something to drink this time. If you guys heard the uh, last week's recording when we did um, Happy Death Day, I got a little parched towards the beginning, like dry throat and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I should be good now. That is Mason Thames playing Finley. And uh, Mason, I don't think, is 13 anymore. Is he still 13? He looks older now. I'm looking at his headshots. Um, he wasn't much, he wasn't known for much. Um, but he's been doing some For All Mankind, three episodes, Daniel. Oh, he was the young walker the TV series Walker, which um, I watched the, um, I think I watched the first season of Walker, then I fell off, and now it's all of a sudden it's like three seasons in, I'm like, okay. That's, that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Supernatural was on for 15 seasons, and Jared was on there for like, you know, almost 200, close to 300 episodes, and already he's three seasons in in Walker. I mean, I know they don't do as many episodes, but... Kind of crazy how he went from one to the other. Good on him, though. Now, Black Phone, released in 2022. I don't know why it says 2022 over here. It's strange. It's actually an adaptation of Joe Hill, uh, Stephen King's son. If you guys didn't know that, Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. 
he just used a surname as Hill just so, you know, I don't know why, but I, w- I would assume not to get preferential t- treatment or something. I don't know. Anyway, he did the short story. It's um, uh, 2004, same name in a movie. Kidnap team makes use of an ignatic telephone to get in touch with his captor's prior victims. So, um, let's see the... What is the... Okay, so looks like an 8 mil... I'm trying to find the budget on the film real quick. That's how I kind of lived as a kid. Just riding a bike around your neighborhood. Everything was fine. Not like that nowadays, but, you know. I'm trying to find the uh, the box office. Okay, so here it is. The budget for Black Phone was about 18 million bucks. That's a lot for a uh, for a Bloomhouse. Because Bloomhouse makes like nine, ten, so 18 million. But it, again, you know, like they always do, they made profit. 18 million bucks, grows to 161. So nice little profit. Only 33 days to shoot this. Interesting. Again, it just has this 70s type feel, and I guess that's what he's going for, and he he succeeds in this one. Like the way these opening shots, you're just seeing these, you know, the missing children, the neighborhood, like who did it? It's like it's very unsettling. Like any any movie I've watched, or um, <laughs> I had um, I'm just thinking about something. Um, I'm sure you guys know about Lifetime Channel. Lifetime Channel usually shows like the um, um, oh, the same Christmas special over and over again. You know, there's an old uh, I've read some stuff on TikTok that like you know every uh, not that's the Hallmark Channel. I'm sorry, Lifetime Channel is more about like the the missing kids and stuff. I'm sorry, I, I went a little, I went off somewhere. I didn't know where I was going. And that's what most of the dads that I knew, as far as when I was growing up, most of my friends' fathers, they were, if they were around, (laughs) um, they were blue-collar workers. Like, this guy, I think, works at a garage. My dad, huge blue-collar worker. He went to the Army. He went to Vietnam. He was a sergeant in the Army. Um when once he got out, he met my mom. Then from there, uh, he just he started working at the post office, and he was there for almost fifty years. So, um, you know, my dad, you know, I could do a whole podcast, and I mean, it's it's too long. The admiration and respect that I have for him, it's just it's almost like living in his shadow is kind of hard. But uh, like I said, let's go back to the movie. <laughs>
Ah, uh, yeah. That's how we settled our differences back then. You get in a fight, you win some, you lose some, but you fight the next day. Man, he kicks this kid's ass. He's a bigger guy. He's he's like freaky strong. The, damn. We had a um oh my man, I wish my brother was here. We had these uh oh man, what's the name of them? We had these we had like this Lebanese friends that we had in um in the building I lived in with my brother and my mom and dad and my other brother. But these Lebanese kids, they were Always getting into fights at school, and but they were tough. They were tough. Oh, there was two brothers and a sister, and I think an older brother. And then one day, actually, me and my brother, man, I wish he was here. They, we, we got into a fight with them, and basically, I don't, I, I have to ask my brother. He remembers a little bit better, but I think what it's some the little brother was messing with my brother, and then the other brother came after me, and then we we both fought. It was like day of everybody was fighting that day. Lots of fights. But how to learn. I mean nowadays that can that can never happen. Now, I wonder if this teacher, this, I would assume, astronomy teacher, if he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't think they have him on here. No. No, no. Oh boy. You better watch out. And now they walk away because they figure. But you always had that 
He's not a bully. He's just like defending. Like, hey man, that's. I had friends like that. I, I actually did to myself. Like, hey man, don't mess with them. Or you're gonna mess with me. And most of the times, nothing ever happened. Interesting. Interesting. Beat him down to his bloodies at the proof point. He's almost like territorial right there. Wow. See, it's like a trade-off of services. He protects your back, and you help him out with his math. I had a, uh... I never had a tutor. I think my daughter had a tutor. We gave her a tutor. And, um... Actually, one of the best things that happened, she got left behind a grade, and I was very upset. I remember that. I forget what grade it was. It was early on, but she was having trouble comprehending and then reading. That was the big thing. But that by leaving her behind... Like, she became a great reader after that, and she complimented now. Like, you know, I'm very proud of her. She, um, like, now, you know, she's uh, got a little tuition, um, a little scholarship. She goes to Valencia right now, and she's starting to be a CSI, so I will be well taken care of in my golden years. I like how they basically have the the. I, I'm gonna assume this is the late seventies. Oh, it did say late seventies. <coughs> Excuse me. So these are the cops that look like seventies cops. You have like the receding hairline mustache cop, and then you have like the uh, the African American with the cool of the jacket, still coming off that shaft, you know, shaft kind of look. <laughs> Sassy. One thing I liked about those houses in the seventies, I mean, there's and if you go like if you if you live where um 
in the south where I live, they have like the the newer housing developments. I would say the houses are very close together. You know, not so close, but like even here, my house over here, it's it's very close together to like another house. Like you could literally just open the window, you're like touching the other house. Houses that were built back in this era, or like any old neighborhood, and I would assume it's from this era, is they're more spread out. Like you had, like, hey, this is my house, I can walk out of the lawn, or whatever, and here's my neighbor. Of course, you know, back then you talk to your neighbors, nowadays you don't. You know, if somebody knocks on your door, you're like, who the hell is this? It's just very different nowadays. You know, I recently, and this looks like a Dario Argento film. Um, if you guys don't know who Dario Argento is, he's a famous Italian kind of horror director, and he's done some really good stuff, really good stuff. Uh, I think he did Suspiria, the original one, which I, I have not seen the uh, the remake. And he did uh, Night of the Demons. That's another Argento film. He, he, can, he likes to do a lot of blood and grotesque stuff. So I, w- I was thinking, you know, we were doing the list early in the year of, like, the movies we're going to do. I didn't think of Argento. I think we have a month coming up in November where we're doing classics. I could have thrown an Argento. Maybe I'll throw an Argento film in there. That that would fit around that vibe. Use of dead. This guy's a horrible dad. Damn. Eight dollars a bottle for vodka, huh? This is a man who clearly, and I don't know what happened to the mother, but the mother obviously is either gone, something happened to her, and this father is having a hard time dealing with two kids as a single dad. It's that's gonna be rough. One kid is one thing, but two, more than that, it's gonna that's gonna be rough. I don't know who this girl is and but god she's good. That's Gwen. Okay. Uh Disney kid, of course. Oh, she was an Ant-Man and the Wasp. Toy Story 4, she played Bonnie. Let's see, she has a black phone, Gwen. Uh, Toy Story 4. Okay, she was a young hope in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Pacific Rim Uprising. Maddie McGeer, the voice in Cars 3, which... Cars 3 was not great. Not a great show. 
I do like the buildup of the Ethan Hawke character. Like you, like we're like almost what twenty minutes in? Yeah, almost. Yeah, just about twenty minutes in. Oh my God! Is that emergency nine one one? See, that's the scariest thing to me is like kidnap children, man, especially during this. Now he's missing. Oh, the kid is missing. Okay. That was like a big thing in the late 70s and the 80s. I mean, it's always a big thing. I mean, I was more aware of like missing children when I think it was Adam Walsh. And if the last thing sounds familiar, the um, I think it's Ted Walsh. Ted Walsh, he hosted that show... Um, for years, years and years, I think he was about finding missing children. And he based it because he started doing it because, you know, his son Adam went missing and they found him, eventually found him. Let me... Let's see if I can find this. It's going to bother me all night. Okay, John Walsh, America's Most Wanted. Okay, that's right. It was 83. I thought it was 80. Let me see where he was at. Adam Walsh. Oh, Sears Department Store on uh, my... In Hollywood, Florida, on just July 27, 1981. I remember the manhunt for Adam Walsh. Oh, wow. Shows my age. Anyway, this is what it kind of reminds me of, of like that heightened sense of like kidnap kids and. You know, it's going to be on the news. <laughs> oh. There's Sam and Twitch again.
So the premise, in case you haven't gotten it yet, is um, these kids are being kidnapped all over the uh, the neighborhood, and they accuse it of a um, like you know, black balloons van. I love this girl. She's awesome. Like she hits him with a rock. Oh, now she's getting her ass kicked. But she says she's tougher than him. Oh, my gosh. You know, if we have any younger listeners out there, I'd be interested to know if they still do this in biology of the last to this day. Do they still take apart like a frog or some kind of animal? I think one of the classes took apart a cat. I gotta admit, that is kind of a cool sibling dynamic they have here. (laughs) She's just awesome. I hope she does more stuff. You know, my brother and I we're about three years apart, and um, when we would leave school, I would always make sure to wait for him, because I had to wait for him, you know, because back then, like I said, like it was very heightened as far as like kidnappings go, but especially in that area. Now that, of course, is Ethan Hawke. And, you know, oh, they stabbed him. It's right in the open, too. very frightening especially with the black balloons and everything and his face is very like pale now of course Ethan Hawke you know he's had a long 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 career the first time I saw him if you guys don't remember Dead Poet Society he was in that um, training day Probably his biggest, but he's done like a lot of indie films. Gattaca. I'm trying to see what else he has here. Uh, oh, yeah, it's right. Attack of Precinct 13, the remake. That was pretty good. Lord of War, he was also in that. Robot Chicken, Godzilla Jr. It's funny. <laughs> Daybreakers. 
Total Recall. Hmm. Sinister. So, um, you know, we were going to do Sinister. But, um, you know, I did a little audible. No, I, yeah, I did an audible Happy Death Day. and But you still get your Ethan Hawke. Magnificent stuff. Yeah, he's been in tons of stuff. Um, he was recently in The Northman. He played the father. And he had to get like that Norwegian act. I thought he was really good in that film. And then he was in Moon Knight. He played, uh, oh, what's the Harold something? I hate when I forget stuff. Uh, where's Moon Knight? Arthur Harrow, yeah. Kind of like a uh, a B-level, more like a C-level villain for Moon Knight. But uh, Marvel likes to do that. They like to take the, these obscure villain characters that maybe you've heard of in one issue, and they like to use them for villains in their movies. And I guess the reason for doing that is just like, hey, you know, nobody knows who this villain is, so he's really obscure. We can write him any way they want. And I guess, you know, if you want to do it that way, I guess, okay. But for me, if I'm doing an origin story on a uh, on a superhero, I'm not going to choose like an obscure one. I would choose one that's more well-known. Like, I don't think if... I don't think that, you know, James Gunn is doing Superman Legacy. I don't think he's going to do, you know, The Parasite for Superman his first film. He's going to throw Lex Luthor out there. Now, you're going to see he's got a couple masks in this film, Ethan Hawke does, or the Grabber, as he's called. That's all Tom Savini, by the way. And if you guys don't know Tom Savini, he's a magnificent makeup artist. Like, probably, or effects artist, I believe. I said makeup, but he's an effects artist. And he does everything kind of like, you know, with makeup and like just like um, practical stuff. He's he's awesome, awesome. Um Acting credits, he doesn't have a lot, but um, I guess he'll be well known if you watched From Dust Till Dawn, and he was the dude who had like the um the cod piece with the gun coming out of it. So they'll, you know. Look how desolate that room is. It's just a mattress. It's just a phone. He's kidnapped. And it shows how close they are. I mean, it's your brother went missing. I, I remember when I almost lost my little brother when he was smaller. And I was freaking out. What kills me... Like, this movie just basically takes place in this suburba area right here. That's it.
How does a phone that's not connected ring? Hmm. I wonder. Sorry, I was being a little quiet there for a second, but these shots, I mean, we've talked about this all year, and I'm going to repeat it like a dead horse, but like, when you're shooting horror movies, I mean, this is a horror movie, but, you know, there's, like, the mask, the performance, the lighting, the background with that, looks like a basement. I'm mad. I think he's got a couple different. He's got, he's got three different masks. He had like the first one, but this is the creepiest out of the three. Is this one with like the devil horns and that Joker? It looks like a Joker mask, but with horns. That's the best way I could describe it. You know, it's weird seeing Ethan Hawke just, you know, older. I mean, I'm older as well, but, like, I'm used to him, like, in High Fidelity, Dead Poet Society. He's, like, the young guy. I'm training day, too. Like, that's how I was, like, you know, he's, like, the short hair with the goatee. But lately, he's kind of expanded his field. Like, in The Northman, I, I, I said, Arthur Harrow and Moon Knight. I mean, he said to so many things. Like, let's see what kind of projects he's got coming up. Anything interesting? Uh, Bat Wheels. What is it? Oh, well, look at that. So, um, Ethan Hawke, a little bit of connection to DC and Marvel. He was the voice of Bruce Wayne in Batwheels, whatever Batwheels was. Ten episodes, I guess, some kind of. And he was King Ardu Divya War Raven in the Northman. Yeah, he was the uh, the dad. He was the father of um one of the Scarsguard kids. 
Oh, okay. So that that was not an Argento film. I was talking about the scene where they had the um, the bathtub full of blood. That was not Argento. It's a sequence from The Tingler, a black and white film with the red blood that Finn is watching on TV. Derek says that he was very frightened of the film when he first saw it. Okay. The Tingler. Okay, so um, other connections. So we didn't do Sinister. Maybe we'll do it somewhere down the line. Maybe I'll just do it by myself. I don't know. But this is a Scott Derrickson film. Sinister was a Scott Derrickson film, so... So creepy. Ugh. Is he a pedophile? Will not try to be a pedophile? I don't know. I'll tell you what, the, him wearing the mask, and like he had the full mask on before. And now, like this scene where you're just seeing right now, he's wearing the mask on the bottom. So it's basically just a smile. And you see his regular, you know, his face from the from the nose up. I don't know what's creepier, that or the actual mask. When you hear that, is he? Do is he? Finny? Finny? Pick it up. See, when I heard that stomping, I thought it was Ethan Hawke coming down, but was not.
see, this is... This is the creepy fact of the film. Not just the grabber, the kidnapping. But, like, this whole thing with the phone, like... It's basically the dead calling him. Like, his victims are calling him, trying to help him out. I guess it was a collect call. <laughs> Bruce. Wayne. Vespa. Now you're getting the, um, the, uh, little flashback on who the kid is. So he was the kid at the beginning. No explanation on what are her visions. I guess as we go on in the movie, we'll figure out why she has these visions that she has. You have a lot of little supernatural elements in this film, too. With the phone from Calling Beyond the Dead. Give the kid credit, man. He's digging all that stuff with a uh, just his hands. Hmm. Anyway, guys, um, I'm gonna take a little break, a little a um, little restroom break. So um, I shall be back and just keep playing the movie, and I will give you a timestamp when I get back. Uh, right now we are at forty three forty four. And I'll be right back, guys.
All right. Sorry about that. I don't know what's creepier. This or when he had didn't have the mask on. He had like the, just that bottom section. Ethan's older than me and he's in good shape. What, he left the kid a beer? Looks like some fried eggs or something. Scrambled eggs. That looks good, though. You know, like the sister-brother bond they have. It's really, it's really strong. Like, it, it really reminds me of my brother and I when we were smaller. And even to this day, we're still pretty good, tight. I mean, we don't live in the same house anymore, but, you know, just. Man, I don't know what's more frightening. Like, he's getting phone calls from beyond the grave of the past victims. Or, like, where the victims are at. Because he keeps saying, oh, we don't play baseball here. Oh, I don't know my name. And the bottle spinning right here. Oh. Yeah, that's normal. She's a little sightseer or suitsayer. Now, another interesting thing here about the um, about her is usually in a film like this, if you've seen, there's there's been films similar to this with the premise of like you know oh this somebody has visions and it's always like a um, it's always like an adult like a woman or a guy oh I have visions of the next killing. But they kind of change it a little bit where, like, the visions are being had by the sister or, like, the somebody her age. Or, or, or uh, what's his name? Finn's age. And with her, with them being siblings, it just, it just adds something to the film, too. Like, oh, my God, you know, my brother's missing and I'll do anything to find him. And, of course, she's having these visions, so. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to pull that down.
Yeah, that's what I would do. Use a rug. That works. I gotta give the um whoever created I mean I'm sure there's basements like this somewhere across America. <laughs> but like the design of this basement, it just it just I mean yes, it's from a time, from a period. Because basements were like this. I mean they had a lot more stuff. I, I used to have a friend, um what was his name? Mark Medina when I was in high school. And um, we lived in, I believe it was Woodbridge, New Jersey. And we didn't stay there. I think we only lived there for two years, maybe less. It was not a long, it was, it was not a long time. I got picked on that school. I hated that place. Anyway, I had a friend, Mark Medina. And uh, where my brother and I, when we had these apartments, it was just me, my mom and dad, and my brother. So we had a two-bedroom, two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. And my mother would have the room with my dad, but she took the smaller room because my dad never, for some reason, my dad never just never sleeps in the room. He sleeps on the couch. I don't know. It's just him, his military thing. He, he does it to this day. Like, sometimes I catch him outside sleeping on, on his couch. So it's just, but anyway, uh, my brother and I had the master bedroom and I had a, oh, such a great room. We had the master bad, bathroom, bad, bad, eh, bedroom with the master uh bathroom so and a huge closet so we could fit all our clothes and toys and stuff in there it was glorious oh i missed that room to this day so anyway getting back to mark <laughs> i don't know how i went on that but mark he had he his folks had a condo like it was like a townhome and instead of having a room like everybody else his parents gave him the whole damn basement so the basement was about not like that not like creepy as hell like this one was but the basement he had was huge. Um, my friend Jim in New Jersey, he lived in a basement. They, they rented him out of the basement in New Jersey. And it was almost that size. But it was really, really decked out. He had like a Super Nintendo. He had his own bathroom. This huge bed. Privacy. It was like if I would have go back in time and get my own room, I would love to have like a basement room in New Jersey. You know, in the last movie we did Happy Death Day, there was a similar scene between a father and a daughter. And I'm I'm a, I'm a dad to girl, to you know my my daughter, and um, 
they don't quite have as emotional a scene as in Happy Death Day, but it it gets the point across. Like you could tell in the very few lines, just the way they're looking at each other, like something happened to their mom, and I'm I'm gonna assume that she went crazy, like uh, mentally. So like when the father was just looking at her, like, hey man, like, tch. you know, I just miss the way your mom was. So she probably had like a psychotic break. It's so strange seeing this brother trying to crack this case. I don't want to give it away, but um, so they think he's just a druggie. Actually, they don't give um, they don't waste any time because. They show that it's he's being held there, so they found him ready. And if you put two and two together, you figure out that the grabber is that dude's brother. Yeah, and he's trying to get him drunk, man. Like, he just keeps giving him beer and eggs. I don't know what's more creepier, the mask, him, the performance, it's, it's just everything. The way he's talking to him now is like, yeah, you know, I would have done you like the other ones, but eh, there's something different about you. Yes, this is the different mask. 
you know, Scott Derrickson, we were talking about he did Sinister. Um, he did this. He was supposed to come back for Doctor Strange 2, but like he, uh, I think he had decided to do this instead. Which, you know, you can't really complain. I, I like Doc- the first Doctor Strange a lot. Doctor Strange 2 was a little... You know, if you're a Raimi fan, it's a Raimi movie. That's all I'll say. Good movie. Fun. But it's very Raimi. This scene right here where he's just sitting on the chair with the mask on and, you know, just showing his kind of like his kind of toned body reminds me of a scene, if you guys have seen Red Dragon, and that is supposed to be a prequel to Silence of the Lambs, and I forget the actor, but he, I th- it might have been Clive Owen. Could have been somebody else. Or Ray Fiennes. I think it was Ray Fiennes. There's a scene where he gets up and he's talking to somebody in the jail cell and he has the red dragon tattoo on his back and it's just like moving. It's almost like the tattoo is alive. And he's got these shirtless. Like There's moments when you have those, that masculinity of the guy. and he, I mean, he's buff or he's like toned or something. But he has like a tattoo and it's just like moving like that. Really cool little scene. I'd recommend watching Red Dragon. And the series Hannibal as well. I haven't seen Hannibal at all, but I hear like Brian Fuller did it. And everything I've heard of this series, like I've never watched a single episode. They said, yeah, it, it it's better than the films. I'm like, ooh, okay. Oh. Now you begin to see how these kids were killed. Like, just gruesome. Oh. Again, I love this idea of the victims who've passed contacting him through a phone that is not connected and just trying to help the kid out. It's it's really different. I like when movies do something that like I don't expect. Like a plot twist, like if you ever watch The Usual Suspects, that's a uh, Brian Singer film. 
he's the guy that did all the X-Men movies, but he was hired based on Usual Suspects. If you haven't watched Usual Suspects, watch it. I'm, I'm sure it's been spoiled to death, but if you've never seen it, man, do yourself a favor and watch it. I think we did a review on Usual Suspects. It's in the archives. Check it out. I don't know who the body was of that kid. Was that Griffin or was that the uh, the Apache kid? I ha you know, speaking of locker combinations that um my job this week, I, I've been there but near, and uh, I like it a lot. It's a great job. I'm not going to tell you where, because I don't need any of you, you people finding me at work. <laughs> but anyway, I got a um, I got my own locker at work today, because, you know, I, I, I usually if I'm on a job for a while, like, it takes about a year to get comfy and just, you know, start, you know, I'm going to be here for a bit. So I got my own locker today, and um, a friend of mine, co-worker, he has his locker. He's had his locker for like two years. He's been here for a while. And he does not know how to open it. He says he struggles. And I see a lot of people struggling to opening the key locks, like like the combination locks. And for me, it's really simple. I just, and somebody told me, oh, well, that's, I don't know how to do that. Like, dude, it's something you learn, like, in elementary school. Like, my dad taught me how to do that. It's me, Caroline. <laughs> it's so creepy how he sleeps like that. Like in a chair with the mask on, like you can tell he's a. Uh... Again, we go with lighting and shadow. Light, dark, works out. Especially, like, anything made in the 70s just stands out a little bit more creepier. I'm not sure. Maybe it's me. I'm not saying that 80s and 90s and today's horror movies are not good, but something about films during this era, this you know, in the 70s and... Nine thirty five one. That's my work locker. Nothing in there. A couple of red bulls. 
Actually, I gotta get that for Monday. That'd be a good idea. Got a long week coming up next week. But during that long week, you guys can pop this in, listen to it, enjoy it, and watch some Black Phone. See, the slightest moving got him up. That mask. It's it's Ethan's. See, he doesn't even need the mask. Ethan's in shape. He ran him down. Oh, oof. The words that he's saying right now, and it's like, he's terrified. And that's th- that'd be the way it was. Like, you hear a noise? Ooh. This girl's a really good actress, man. I'm going to follow her. Not creepy style. I'm just saying like her career. Like I, I like what I'm seeing so far. Oh, Ethan Hawke was in Glass Onion as well. I'm sorry. Oh, he's got a film coming up. This year... Oh, it's a um, it's a documentary. I thought I <laughs> no, the, there's a movie on Ethan Hawke's um, credit list on IMDb, and it says "Long Story Short," Willie Nelson ninety. I'm like, is he playing Willie Nelson? But no, he's not.
And of course, you gotta have your metalhead kid. I became more like that after kind of high school. Grew my hair out. My hair would look like that if, it, if I grew it out like to the. Uh, I always wanted straight hair, though. That hair looks look too much like David Coverdale. Even though thousands upon thousands have had hairdos like that, especially the 80s bands. But uh, Superman comics. Ooh. That was a beast. How did they catch him? Oh, they're going to throw him in juvie. You know, he looks like, I mean, yeah, he looks like a, a typical singer from an 80s hero metal band, but he looks a lot like the lead singer of White Lion. You know, way with the children cry, even inside myself. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't think I was going to be busted into my song and dance act, but... um. It took me a second to realize that that is the sister. Because I thought it was like his sister. Like, how did they kill this dude? How could you still be going to school if your brother's missing? Like, damn. Like, what a... Even in death, he's still a dick. So, obviously, the kids who have passed away or been murdered by the grabber
That's oof. So I'm gonna assume that the all the kids went to purgatory. That's my that's what I'm going with. Who's the kid in Stranger Things season four? The metalhead guy? I forgot his name. Top of my tongue right now. I mean, one of the best scenes in that entire show is when he's in the upside down. I forgot his name. I don't want to look it up because I'm gonna feel, I feel so weird not remembering. I should remember this. Jesse? Is it Jesse or something? But he's up there and he has to lure these bat creatures away and he gets his guitar and he's playing master of puppets and I'm like dude that is so rad when I saw that scene I'm sitting there like oh hell yeah like Stranger Things season 4 is just tits sorry there's a female audience out there but it just it that's how good it is what is it the Ten Commandments Let us in. Behold. That was uh, Charlton Essen's performance in uh, Ten Commandments. He, everything was, Behold, I hold these tablets, and I shall open the Red Sea. Behold the door. Behold death. Like, how many times did you say Behold in that movie? Is that meat? What is that? It looks like meat. It can't be meat. Oh, it's a. Oh, that's right. He said it was the uh, the freezer. I'm sorry. It is. That is meat. Get through. They say that's the hardest thing to do in acting is they kind of cry on cue. That's why I have a lot of respect. Like, acting is just not like, hey, pretend to be somebody else. It's like, you know, you got to do things at a dime, you got to dig deep in your soul. So I can imagine how he was directed this one. Hey, man, I need you to cry right now. Like, can I build it up? Like, just think of something, like, really sad. What a good friend. Even in death, he's going to help him out.
You got to stand up for yourself. And that's the message. Like the, throughout the, the entire film, he has taken beatings. He's taken beatings after beatings after beatings. And eventually he got kidnapped by the grabber. But he hasn't, you know, he's never stood up. Oh, he was Spanish. Why did I think he was Indian? That's a really good juxtaposition where you have him talking to him on the phone and like he's there. Obviously he's a spirit, can't see him. I wonder how Billy went out. Because Billy was tough. Just a shot of him in the background, if you could see that, it's just like him in the shadows. They don't show him anymore after this, but he kind of like just blends in. Now, you cannot tell me he was not a fan of it. Come on. All the way down. I mean, you have the yellow, I guess your yellow raincore and the red boots. It's Georgie. Come on down here. I'm petting you, right. The dancing clown. And, of course, you got to have the dicks. Oh, no, these are, these are not. Oh,
now she figured it out with all those dreams that she had those premonitions it would have. So weird. This guy is so coked out that he can't figure out that his own brother's the killer. Like, maybe now he's starting to realize it. And how could you not tell your brother strange? I mean, he's sleeping in the kitchen on a chair with a mask on. And he's so coked out he can't even see it. Again, soundtrack, the music, the score. Is there like another part to the house he doesn't even know about? Like this house must be huge. Well, those pork chop sideburns. I tried to grow some pork chop sideburns. Didn't work out too well for me. My face is too big for those. Just wouldn't do anything. Not a word of dialogue, and yet I am just, it's tense. The cops are coming, the sister knows, the brother knows. Everything's converging right now. Dude, let him out. This dude is so fucking tweaked. Dude, how could you kill your own brother? That's messed up. Now you got that final mask, which is just a top heavy. A lot of cool looks with the mask. This last one with the blood.
<laughs> I love how he, I love that delivery. He was an idiot. Oh, use an axe. Jeez. See, you don't see this, like, you don't see the killings of the other kids. But now you can tell he's just, like, he's a freaking insane murderer. Sadistic. Evil. Oh, what the hell? Is that a panther? I forgot about the dog or that panther, whatever that was. It's like a panther. Man, the more Ethan just yells, the creepier it is. Look at the blood, the mask. Look at that. This is terrifying. Oh, now he's finally hitting him with the phone. That's got to hurt. Get him, get him. Is the phone ringing? Now, what was the purpose of tying the dog there? Or the Black Panther, it looks like to me.
There you go. So we know what that meat was for in that freezer. Feed that gigantic dog. Or panther looks like to me. Oh, man. I did forget that detail. I forgot there was two different houses. So where was the other house? So she, she found the house. Oh, it was across the street. So he had houses from a... They've been the two heartbeats of this entire film. Brother sister relationship, man. sense of relief that's the one thing they got like if you have siblings like I do it's a different type of relationship and especially if they're lost and they get back together and sense of relief of course love there's the dad freaking bearded Billy Ray Cyrus You got to, like, this scene is hard. Like, this is a dad admitting, hey, man, I I messed up, you know. But you guys are my life, my world, so I need you.
Two exact homes, by the way. See, now he's got a rep, man. Come on. He beat the bet. He beat the grabber. That's one of those things that still goes on, like the, the grapevine story. Oh, he did it like this, but they, they add stuff. Now, yeah, of course you got to enjoy it a little bit. <laughs> nice. Call me Finn. Yeah, you go, Finn. Well, guys, that is the Black Phone 2022 by Scott Derrickson. He of Doctor Strange fame and Sinister. And we are done. We're done. We are done with Blue, well, with Blue Mouse Month. So, hope you enjoyed it. Four awesome films. Uh, Happy Death Day, Visible Man, uh, Freaky, and finishing up with The Black Phone. Next month, we're going to be going to, um, I think it's Evil AI or Evil Machinery Month. It's something with like, um, is it space horror? Anyway, uh, the first film that we have on the list to do, like Terminator's, Terminator's on there. Upgrade is on there, and I think we'll lead with Upgrade. I love Upgrade. I'm a big fan of Upgrade, and hopefully you guys will like it as well. So, check out the Facebook page. Um, no Instagram or Twitter yet. I guess things are changing, but um, as always, I will see you soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>